Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Anime Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, alongside with my other host, Lance. For every episode, we have an adult beverage of choice. And today, my adult beverage of choice is going to be a Driftless Glen bourbon whiskey alongside a Spotted Cow. I'm finally starting to feel a little bit better so I can drink some actual good stuff and not feel terrible while I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And you've been fighting this for quite a while, too. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I'm still fighting it a little bit, but every day is getting better. So that's the important part. Yep, that's the best part. Lance, what are you drinking? And for myself, I'm going to be continuing to drink some McAllen 12 year and then a Lion Kugel Summer Shandy. Yeah, I, have, I, I was at the grocery store this morning and noticed that they still have Summer Shandy. So apparently this is just going to be a forever thing where you can it's get some no Summer Shandy. Yeah, it's no longer seasonal. This is just a staple of the of the state. I mean, it's good. So I'm not complaining, but it's just it was more when you could only get it for like the spring into summer. Right. Yeah, they totally took away its limited edition kind of feel from it. Yeah. I think it was also one of those things where it was like, oh, Summer Shanty's back. It must be getting getting into spring soon. It's going to mm-hmm. start warming up. And now it's just like, oh, well, it's 10 degrees outside. So I guess let's just have a Summer Shanty. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of the situation here. Actually, not too much a situation. It's winter in Wisconsin, but it's not 10 degrees. It's it's above 30 and pretty moist outside right now. Yeah, I was wearing shorts and a jacket, not cold in the slightest, when I went to the grocery store because I just had to pick up a couple things. So I was like, ah, it's like 40 degrees. It's not that bad. It's fine. Yep. Yeah, very strange, but it's okay. Lance, you want to give us a synopsis of what we're talking about today? Yeah, so today we are going to be covering Season 2, Core 1 of... Mushoku Tensai, or Jobless Reincarnation. And in this particular core, after Eris ghosts Rudy and leaves him an emotional wreck, Rudy figures out his priorities and begins his search for his missing mom. On his new journey, he teams up with Counter Arrow to do good deeds and spread his name in hopes of his mom intercepting that word. The anime sharply turns into a story of how a 14-year-old boy develops ED after a smooth night with a young lady. Rudy is advised by Mangod to go to the Magic School of Renoa Magic Academy to research the mana disaster and to cure himself of his unfortunate situation and that's all i wrote for this one pretty straight to the point yeah that's basically the entire season yeah uh, we got 12 episodes and yeah that's summed up pretty quick and we can definitely talk about any and everything in between but before we do so we gotta get in some lance's lessons Today's Lance's Lessons is going to be the Japanese word for erectile dysfunction. <laughs> and that is Boki Fuzen. Boki Fuzen is spelled B O K K I F U Z E N. And Boku Fuzen is obviously very fitting for this episode because Rudy has to have a very bad two years of dealing with erectile dysfunction yeah unfortunately incompetence was the entire premise of the season essentially yeah and in my quick google search for looking up this word uh unfortunately about 34 and a half percent of japanese men deal with erectile dysfunction interesting i have no idea what it is for uh within the united states but that is interesting we'll yeah. just put it that way 34 and a half percent that's a shit ton of men yes we're approach we're, that's a that's more than a third of guys can't get 
it up. And I think the overworking kind of culture that's over there is definitely part of what's going on. And maybe in hand in hand with that, just because of that, they don't have many opportunities to feel confident about being with someone in the bedroom or something. That's, that's, that's my first take. I mean, I'm not, I don't know anything for sure, but that's, yeah. I, I don't know. Don't live there. Not going to put any assumptions out there as far as why anything happens. <laughs> yeah. So in this episode, we are going to do something slightly different. Usually we jump into some mass manga mentions, but Matt has gone above and beyond this time. He went all the way to the original source and actually read the light novel. Yes. And I will say I started from the beginning. So all we, the way we, from the beginning. We, I started on volume one and worked my way all the way through because I was like, you know what? I am curious on just what happened between season one and season two because we had gotten some some mentions where it was like, oh, this is actually important, and I wanted to I wanted to know how important certain things were and i appreciate lance because it seemed like every every day at least once or twice i was like well this is different this is added and just uh, kind of blowing him up on mashuko tensai the light novel and i i feel like lance has got a pretty good idea of what happened in the light novel at least the first six volumes and then that's entire first season is six novels yep Okay. The, the first six volumes are the the first season, the whole first season. Okay. And we're not, do you plan on telling us about the first season or this is going to be strictly second season stuff? We are just going to be talking about volume seven through the first chapter of volume 10, which is season two, core one. Okay. Perfect. Minus the zero episode because that bit happens way in volume i think it's 3 or 4 so technically season 1's material yes the and for anybody that doesn't remember episode 0 is the the mana disaster and then what happened with Sylphie slash Fitz mm-hmm. and why the princess is at the academy. Oh, so even the princess going to the academy is part of volume or uh, season one stuff. Yes. That whole thing happens in previous volumes Ooh, okay. where the, the incident between just the power struggle between her and her siblings, it, that happens sooner. They leave and then you get some information about her going and then that's like the last you hear of it there's an incident that happens which i that actually happens in volume i believe in seven i believe so i'll yes that happens in volumes nope that happens previously so there's an incident that happens on the way there that could have actually prevented ariel and crew to get to the renoa university so basically what happens is the guard stops ariel and if he would have done his job he would have essentially essentially sold her out to her siblings and she Mm -hmm. would have been killed on the spot but because ariel was so good to the common people everybody knew who she was and so the guard didn't follow orders and actually let her pass through the gate through the town and that allowed her to go to Renoa University. Oh, okay. And it's also interesting, I guess I'm talking about it now, that uh, he allowed her to do it because essentially he was like the new guy in charge and nobody really liked him until he allowed the princess to go through and then everybody's like, you know, I thought you were a bad guy, but you know, you're actually not this person because he was always very much by the rules and so all the guards didn't really appreciate him and then by allowing Ariel to go 
through, he essentially gained the trust of all his subordinates, and it was almost a win-win for the guard and for Ariel. Okay. But let's get into the light novels. You learn that Counter Arrow is a uh, B-ranked adventuring group. So they're B-ranked, which is why they can take A-ranked and C-ranked. Oh, that was immediately about to say, if they're B-ranked and Rudy was about to take that A-rank quest and go kill all those bears, why would they have been able to take it? But I guess that allows them to at least try to go a little bit further. Okay. So the rules of the Adventuring Guild is you can take a rank above or below what your rank is. Obviously, you can take your own rank uh, quest, but you can take one above or one below. Okay. And so that's... Ooh, real quick. Is there a cap limit? Are we talking A is the top? We're talking S, triple S, anything like that? So S is the top rank, which if you remember from season one, his father was a part of the... Is it the Black Fang? I believe so, yes. That sounds familiar, yeah. And they were an S-ranked adventuring group. Okay. The Basically, the benefits increase as your rank increases and certain you you get certain things cheaper the quests obviously become more challenging and come more expensive Mm -hmm. in the process so what a lot of groups will do is they'll stop at a ranked because then they can still take b ranked adventures and they can they can still take an s ranked quest once you get to s ranked you get a lot of What's the right word? You're basically, you're very uh, well known. You you get a lot of perks by being S ranked. But the issue is now you always have to have either A ranked or S ranked quests. And those are going to be the most difficult ones. Yeah, you're very restrained on what you can accept. And those are always going to be the more life-threatening yep. jobs as it is. Yeah. So I, I can understand why you'd want to stop at A then. Yeah, because then you can take B ranked. And let's be completely honest. I think there's some B ranked quests that are just like bring this individual to the next town mm-hmm. and you're you're essentially a bodyguard and it's like well you know we've got five people in our group and only three people are wanting to do something let's us three go do it you can easily do it with three people versus five people mm-hmm. versus an s-ranked one where it's like nope gotta have five people because it's killing a red dragon and you i think they talk about you need at least 20 people to kill the red dragon kill a red dragon which is why it's so impressive that rudy did it by himself Right. Uh, you find out that Sarah is 15. So he's, or excuse me, she is a year older than Rudy at the moment in which they meet each other. Okay. The first city that Rudy goes to is two months away. So from where he started at the, uh, I'm trying to remember, to basically his hometown to where he first essentially goes with Counter Arrow, that first that first town is two months. That time in the wagon was a two month trip. the The whole trip was two months. I, they didn't really go into like the wagon. They just talked about how long it took him to get to that town. Okay. So you you learn about his plan. His plan was to be uh, as popular as possible, so his mother could hear about him and attempt to reach out to him. So that was just, he just wanted to get his name out as much as possible. I know they kind of talk about it, but they they don't. I don't think they. This is exactly his plan. I think it's just they kind of well, trying to the, remember. In the anime, he brings it up a couple times. Okay. And that's because he said that he's working exclusively with Counter Arrow and it's going against his plan for his name to get out there. And then the same thing goes when he partners up with Soldot because 
he's telling Soldat or Soldat actually asked Rudy like, Hey, why don't you become a yep. permanent member of this crew? He's like, well, I need to travel from city to city every couple of months to get my name out there. So he doesn't ever actually become exclusive with either of them. Right. Yeah. That, that, that's kind of what I was getting at. Like yeah. for the anime made it sound like he was exclusive with Count Arrow, but that's yeah. just because it was his moneymaker. Yes. He did spend a lot of time with Counter Arrow when mm-hmm. he was there, but he did do other quests with other uh, adventuring groups if they needed a mage. That was pretty much always what they, they made mention of it, but it was very... Very minor. Sarah is from a region that is close to Rudy. So they're actually from a similar area from each other. Okay. And Rudy's father actually killed some of the monsters that were attacking her village. Oh, okay. So they could have potentially crossed paths in the past. But they didn't, but it, it was a possibility, yes. And then, so in the beginning, Sarah was very hesitant to have Rudy help because she had she thought he would just run away like every other noble that she knew because oh. he was dressed well and and you find out that she has a essentially a prejudice against nobles. Okay. That and that's sense. why she didn't like Rudy at all because she, she knew of the Grey Rat name and assumed that she, he was like any other noble. Okay. I like that explanation because in the anime, they just assume that he's a new guy. She doesn't trust him. And that's kind of where it stops. Mm-hmm. So there's, that goes a little bit deeper. I like that. Yeah. It had everything to do with the fact that he was nobility. Okay. Rudy drinks uh, diluted fruit juice. He never actually drinks the I believe one of the first time he ever drinks is when he is upset after he is upset with Sarah, like with Sarah. No, because he doesn't even drink with Sarah. He drinks after that whole incident happens. Mm -hmm. And then like that's one of the few times like he almost never drinks. He always drinks diluted fruit juice. Okay, so this is also when he's like going on the date with Sarah and she's like, when I'm with you, I drink a little bit more and she's drunk. But so that entire time he's just sober. Yeah, he's sober. Interesting. Okay. Rudy saving Sarah was uh, a little different, you could say. He is going through the remains of the Mimir. Mimir. Uh, Mimir. Uh, and finds half of half an eaten skull. They go very, very into detail about that whole incident. Really? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of glad they did because in the anime, like, he finds the remains and, like, he hurls a little bit. But... Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't hurl in the light novel. Okay. Because you have to remember, this isn't the first time he's seen death. Like, this isn't new to him. Right. So that's one thing I was like, well, that's kind of interesting you find out that sarah's earrings are magical items oh okay so they're not just accessories yep you do they uh, go into detail of what they do why yep so victims stabbed by it uh see illusions so basically if you're stabbed by the person wearing the magical items you'll see illusions okay the fight with the tree is significantly more badass and awesome like there's so much more to it i think it's oh man it's almost an entire chapter really is the fight with the tree it's long wow Uh, Because there's a lot more to it. Basically, the tree is using Sarah's mana to give it power. But it is so because it's using her mana for power, it is it is essentially guarding her from Rudy. And basically, he knocks it like off a cliff and has to like chop it up to get Sarah out. Wow. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah, it's way more awesome in the light novel. And you find out that Rudy is bad with healing magic because he doesn't understand the process of how it works so if you remember from season one the reason why he can use magic is essentially
eventually he's like, oh, I understand how I, this makes sense. I can do this. And that's why I can make stone cannons because it's like, oh, yep, it's just hard rock. Got it. Easy. Understandable. Healing magic makes absolutely no sense if you really think about it. You're like, so the skin just goes back together. Yep. Skin goes back together and your skin's back together. Yay. Like it's, it's not that easy. Okay. Well, now that makes me curious if future books or episodes or whatever is going to bring him super in depth with like biology and he'll start to learn more about the body and then he can he is going to classes to learn about healing magic oh so he's doing that aside yep yeah healing um magical defense and i think there's a third uh detoxication is the third one okay i i think those were vaguely talked about in the anime but i think they're brought up but i don't I think it's literally just mentioned, but uh-huh. you never see him doing anything. Exactly. Then because Rudy doesn't understand the process, he has to touch the individual to heal them like you would normally do with regular healing magic. Is he still saying an incantation? Yeah, he's saying the incantation. Okay. And that's why um, he had to touch Sarah because like her legs were all messed up. Mm-hmm. So you find the reason why everything's kind of suggestive is because, you know, her thighs are all cut up been bloodied so then he has to touch her thighs to get them to heal mm-hmm. so yeah it's just uh more suggestive we could put it that way rudy stayed in uh rosenberg for around a year the first place with counter arrow yep yeah that makes about sense because when i was doing research when i said he had ed at 14 yep and that's when it really developed like yep. he was 13 when he left eris and he was 14 when he developed the ed yep that's because he stayed in a year there. Yeah. So he he technically had ED for three years because he had it right after uh, the incident with Eris. He just didn't realize it was a thing because it took him a, essentially a year. Mm-hmm to have his moment with Sarah. Yeah. Then you find out that Sarah was an orphan who was rescued by Suzanne. Okay, so her parents died. Yeah, her parents are dead. Okay. And Rudy is an intermittent ranked swordsman at this point. Okay. So I think that's a second stage swordsman, which is actually saying something because most mages never touch a sword. Yeah, that's so that's already putting him up there, and that's his father's training in him right there, too. Yep. And you find out that there's an unreal written rule among adventurers that you wouldn't date someone within your party or clan oh really yeah oh i don't remember them saying anything like that but i would have never imagined that being a thing because of his parents part of the reason why elena lise i'm assuming dislikes rudy's father because of basically going against the unwritten rule yeah and that and he probably rudy's father forced himself on rudy's mother i I just wanted to make that clear draw the clarification because i don't want people to be like wait rudy did what to his mom nope not rudy his dad oh okay that made it sound like they were like in love but if paul forced himself on her kind of like the feelings were mutual, but he didn't want to agree to for monogamy and because most every other religion doesn't believe in it. But Zenith is a part of the Millish Church who believes in monogamy, but Paul does not follow the Millish Church, so he doesn't and basically he just wants to sleep around with a bunch of women which plays very true to the rest of the gray rat family and because she 
got pregnant the first time they had sex, Paul agreed to marry Zenith and essentially be monogamous with her mm-hmm. until it wasn't. Right. That's where the second sister came from. And third. Mm-hmm. Well, the two si- Yeah, the, the two, two sisters. sisters yeah. Yes, yes. I, I, was, I was thinking of children, but yes. During the Rudy and Sarah sexual parts, it was a lot longer than the like 30 seconds that the anime made it seem, which if the anime would have dragged it out, it would have been really weird and awkward. Mm. So I completely understand. But yeah, I think they said they tried for like an hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they definitely tried a lot of things and nothing worked. Uh, not even an anal play, huh? Uh, she she even attempted to help him and uh, yet yeah, nah, nothing. Mm. So uh, unfortunately for Rudy, that ED was uh, very strong. We'll, we'll put it that way. And then you find out the process of the brothels. It's not just, all right, let's... Here's a room like basically you get essentially a card that tells you all the items they can do and you can say, yep, I want these. And then it changes in price depending on what things you want. And the individual that Rudy picked is the surrogate older sister of an individual, the girl that he helped in the anime. So she had frostbite on her leg, I believe. And Rudy just out of nowhere decided that he was going to help her. And she is actually somebody that is close with the girl that he attempted to cure his ed with yeah they didn't mention that it was her sister but yeah. the frostbite that was not part yeah. of it like it just she in the anime she fell it looked like she skid her knee and then she, yeah he really cured that but frostbite that's a little step yeah. up yeah he he cured her of frostbite so she the the girl actually works in the brothel as a, an individual who will wash the people in the that are coming in in to meet with the girls oh so she's she's the fluffer not the fluffer <laughs> definitely not the, not the fluffer she's not the fluffer but she's cleaning yeah she's, she's cleaning the individuals she's step one yeah and then giving them like clean clothes and all that fun stuff so the girl that he went in the room with was actually willing to do extra things to try and help rudy because obviously he was not getting up so nothing that they were doing was working Mm -hmm. so because the the thing that rudy did for her sister and rudy was actually very well known within the brothel because he is a nice person and is willing to help people so all the girls were looking forward to when he finally decided to partake in the brothels but unfortunately you know it was a one-time go and it was a no-time go for rudy yeah and then they did all actually agree to when Rudy did finally partake in the brothels that they would go above and beyond because of how good of a person Rudy was. Unfortunately, it didn't didn't go anywhere. So the girls that were talking to Soldat when Rudy came out were essentially the girls that were just a little too young to partake in the brothels, but were essentially girls in training. Oh. So they, they used the bar to help flirt and get comfortable basically trying to seduce men without trying to sleep with them teases okay yeah yeah rudy said no about trying to sleep with roxy 
only for respect to Roxy. Like, so when that um, prostitute basically is like, well, is there somebody close to you? And he thought of Roxy. Mm -hmm. In the light novel, he says no, because he respects her too much to try and like use her just to cure his impotence. Okay. I was going to say like, I can understand as a, as a use of purpose, but at the same time, we all know that he's absolutely in love with her. But so like, if there was a marriage proposal, if it was, if it was a similar incident to like Sylvie, where it just happened, they just happen to have sex. Yes. But for the pure, for the only intention of fixing himself. Yeah. I was was going to say pump and dump, but yes. Yeah. No. (laughs) So Rudy was awake when they got kicked out of the bar. So, like, they kept drinking, but they were just drinking. Like, he didn't pass out, and then they kind of get woken up and then leave. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, a, weird, was, that's a weird change. Uh, Elise, that is who the uh, the prostitute is. That's her name. Oh, okay. So, she actually accompanies Rudy as they're leaving. So, this is kind of a, a big deal that happens. And so, Ru- so, she accompanies Rudy as they walk out. She brings them to the edge of the red light district. She gives him a kiss on the cheek. And so, Rudy's talking all the shit and sarah witnesses all of that so she witnesses elise giving him the kiss them leaving the the brothel slash red light district and him talking shit so that is why it's a huge deal not just like yeah her him talking a little bit of shit is hurtful but it's the whole of the situation which is oh well i wasn't good enough to get him to be excited so he had to go to a prostitute and now the prostitute's walking him out giving him a kiss and he's talking shit Mm -hmm. so that's why it's very it's a it's a dramatic difference between the two instances yeah it's a lot more layers which is one thing that i really like about the light novels there's just all these as you said layers to things that happen that don't really detract from the anime but it's just nice to to get and mm-hmm. it's needed for a light novel definitely sure from that village they were talking about how to take rudy a year to get from the village that they're at to millis because remember rudy didn't come from millis he came from i've dropped a blank on wherever his town is but it's not millis okay and if you remember millis is where paul is okay then you get a little back uh some backstory about what happened to sarah the night of the incident and she was actually willing to apologize to rudy for basically getting so mad if what he Basically, if the story checked out, so Sarah ends up going to the brothel to talk to Elise and Elise gets super pissed off at Sarah, but then ends up telling Sarah the whole thing that happens. And Sarah actually feels bad about getting mad at Rudy. Okay. Not important. I have a feeling we're never going to see Sarah again, but we might. It's a possibility. It's a possibility, but yeah, I would say 99% sure not going to see her again. Yep. Rudy ends up spending a year with Soldat going through Magic Nations to Magic Nations, just spreading uh, his name. You find out that there's 10,000 students at the Renoa University from uh, year one to year seven. Okay. Ariel, Ariel uses the school to gather followers for her future, essentially, rule and takeover of her land. She also wanted the backing of the Magician's Guild and the nation that Renoa resides in. Because if you remember, the Magician's Guild is essentially what is ruling over Renoa. You know what? Do they talk about that at all in the anime? 
very, very briefly, only about the guild itself, and that's okay. because Rudy was never part of a guild, and that's why Renoa wants him. Okay. Because he's got all this power, and he's not giving his... Well, there's actually a, a different reason why Renoa wants him. Oh, there's an additional reason? There's a different reason. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, because when Rudy was talking to another dude in that frozen area back when he was with yep. uh, Soldot. So when he gets when he gets the letter, basically he's vetting the letter with the individual, who I will talk about later. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, he was just saying like, oh, I can't believe you've never been part of like the union. Like, well, yep. I was fortunate enough to be given a private tutor, so I never needed to be, I never gave my allegiance to anybody to begin with. Yep. You find out that there was actually an incident of... Ariel's underwear getting stolen. Oh, so, so that, it's not just falling from the sky yeah. because, okay, okay. Which I've also got a little bit about that one. Oh. Yeah, there's there's some backstory about that one too. <laughs> okay. I'll wait for volume nine because I'm still in volume seven. Oh my God. <laughs> when Ariel first gets there, you see that Persina and Lena basically are, so they're special students even at that time, but they're trying to control the whole school and they're bullying everybody within the school so even the faculty are kind of scared of them interesting which is also why you've got uh, zenoba who's afraid of them because he was getting bullied by them mm-hmm. but ariel had a plan to essentially be the the chairperson of the student body because she was going to use that to help her with basically having a position of power uh, influence she was going to use that as influence to be able to get certain individuals like Rudy into school. And so the plan was after Ariel's first year, because they enrolled as regular students, not special students. So they're going years one through seven. So after her first year, the president of the uh, student council was going to graduate. So Ariel's plan was to essentially position herself to be in charge by year three and Fitz came up with the plan to do it in year two. So the incident that happens is Ariel essentially talks shit to Persina and Lena to egg them on because Ariel has the ability to speak without moving her lips because she is a princess and nobles need this ability. So she can ventriloquize a little bit? She essentially, all she has to do is talk loud enough for, you know, the cat and the dog to hear her. So she made it seem like those two initiated the fight and then Fitz took out those two and 30 others of the beast folk guarding Ariel, who then used that as her way to become the essentially youngest individual to be the head of the student body. Interesting. That's a lot of information. But it's not necessary. It's not necessary. It's very strange. It might be like an OVA kind of thing like they could throw in, but... I could see it being an OVA, but we also have to remember we still have Core 2, so it might be an after Core 2 kind of OVA between the two. Like a back memory kind of thing? Yeah. Sure. Because, I mean, we got it after season one (laughs) with Eris, so maybe we'll get it with finding out how Ariel got in charge of the student body. Right. And then you, you do find out who recommended Rudy to go to Renoa University, and it was Ariel. Because they were going through lists of individuals who would be worthy of being considered special students in an attempt to get more people at the school who would back Ariel. 
Sure. It make, makes 100% sense. I'm, I'm glad you said that because at first thought, when I first watched this series, I thought that Sylphie was the one that requested that he came. But there's a moment in the anime where she said that she was relieved to see his name on the list of survivors and stuff. And the potential... No, it wasn't survivors. It was the potential recruits for the school. Yes. So, so it wouldn't make sense if she was the one that had the request for him to be there in the first place, if she was relieved to see that he was... A potential student. So they were, it was Ariel, Luke, and Fitz were all going through individuals deeming worthy of being special students. Ariel sees Fitz's reaction to seeing Rudy's name. Mm-hmm. And through that reaction, Ariel suggested that it's Rudy who is the individual that becomes the special student. Okay. So while it is Sylphie, it is through Sylphie that he got there. It's only because Sylphie had the reaction that Ariel deemed him worthy. Okay. So it kind of worked out anyway. Yes. And that is all the changes for volume seven. Let me get into volume eight. Rudy would do training that made him practice using magic and physical activity. So he would pretty much uh, every day he would practice using magic and practice using the sword. You kind of see that, but they just go into it. Like he pushes himself really hard using magic, pushes himself really hard using physical activity. So working out, doing, doing stuff like that. Because in volume eight, Rudy is still not at Renoa. Oh, he's not officially in yet. No, he's not. So volume seven is literally just, oh, this is the individual we should recommend to go to Renoa University. So Rudy hasn't even gotten the letter yet at this point. Okay. So uh, just some backstory as far as the letter. It tell Rudy is told that he has to complete one research project within the seven years of being re- uh, enrolled at the magical university. So Renoa. Okay, so he's got a mission in order for him to be accepted. Kind of. While he's being accepted. That allows him to be considered a C-rank adventure or a C-rank magician, uh, C-ranked within the magician's guild. Okay. If he doesn't complete the research, he's just considered a D-ranked uh, magician, and F is the bottom. So he already gets a step up over everybody else. If he completes any sort of special research, he gets another promotion bef- by the time he graduates. Mm-hmm. The individual that Rudy spoke with about the authentication of the letter actually went to Renoa University, which is how he knows that it's legit, that special students exist. And he ended up dropping out after his fifth year of being a student. Yeah, the anime said that. Okay, I I missed that, which... Yeah, it was three months after Rudy got the letter that he left to go to Renoa University. Elena Elise got sick during the journey to Renoa, and Rudy actually had to help her in a sense. So basically, he would like grope her and do stuff like that to kind of do sexual things. But obviously, Rudy does, isn't getting anything out of it. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. I'm I'm glad that was a thing because they made mention of this is when we learned about her curse. Yeah. And how she made mention of how it's hard to find guys along the road. Yep. So, so if she, she couldn't find a guy, Rudy Rudy was filling her up. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> they 
They basically skip over the entire journey. I'm assuming nothing happened between in the three month time period that it took them to get to Renoa. Like basically all they do is kind of talk about what Rudy did to help her get through her curse in the journey. But other than that, they don't talk about anything. Okay, so it's pretty much a time skip in the light novel as well. Basically. Okay. Elaine Elise actually had to pay for her own tuition herself to attend Renoa. So she is a regular student. Makes sense. I mean, she wasn't given the privilege of being yeah. free. So yeah, she's yeah. not a special student and it costs three gold coins. They don't go into anything if it's three gold coins a year or if it's three gold coins. I think it's a year to attend Renoa, which to put in perspective, Ariel gets two gold coins. Remember, she's a princess a month while attending for spending money for spending money so that just kind of shows how expensive this school is because it's three gold coins and if the the princess is only getting two a month this place is expensive so at that rate i would almost assume that what you said three gold coins three gold what if that i might think that that's a semester then i think it's a year you think it's a year i think it's a year because they don't really she's she gets two gold coins a month for spending money yes but she's also the queen or the princess so yeah um, we can take that as multiple different directions yeah because we also have to remember that gold coins is a big deal yes i want to say rudy got what is it 15 bronze coins a month for tutoring Mm -hmm. i think I believe. Something I, like that. It really wasn't too much. That like, was from book two, so I don't remember. <laughs> it just kind of shows how expensive this school actually is. The president of the school is a king tier wind magician, and then you can actually take up to nine years to graduate. So it's only supposed to take you seven, but you can you have up to nine. Okay. Ariel is 19 when Rudy got to Renoa. Okay, so she's probably a good four to five years older than he is uh i think four i think he's 15 when he gets there yeah because it's been a year uh that basically the whole time he's there is about a year okay and luke is paul Nose's second son uh paul Nose, um basically he's the i want to say he's the one that steals the children away from all the other um gray rats so he's essentially the one in charge of all the uh, gray rats. And so he is Paul Nose's second son. All we know in the anime was that he was a cousin. Yes. So uh, Luke Notos Gray Rat is the second son of Paul Nose Notos Gray Rat who is essentially in charge of the Notos Grey Rat family. So that's what, that basically Luke is among the, the high end of the Notos Grey Rat family. Right, but you're saying Paul, so is there like a no, second Paul? Paul Nose. Oh, so there's a difference between Paul and Paul Nose. Paul Nose is the one in charge of the Notos Grey Rat family. Okay. And then Paul is just, I, I want to say they're actually brothers, I think. Don't don't quote me on this one. Well, if, Rudy, if it's Rudy's cousin, then they should probably be brothers. I'm, if Paul and Paul almost our brothers then yeah i think so okay sorry listeners that's a little bit of confusion a little bit of confusion there but hopefully everyone's on the same page yeah i i don't have family trees and they never provide real family trees so i'd have to write everything down and i'm not doing that right especially not at work i make enough notes in in my phone (laughs) they they make a one punch man reference really yeah um rudy makes a one punch man reference okay do you recognize it i think they talk they say one punch man Oh, they just straight yeah. up bring them out? Okay, yeah. Okay. Rudy teaches uh, Zenoba to create figures in order to use his nobility to sell a book and figures. So that's essentially Rudy's reasoning behind allowing Zenoba to learn how to make figures. Is he's going to use his 
family to be influential to help Rudy sell books and figures. So Rudy wants to sell books? Yes, yes. Interesting. What Do they go into detail about what he wants to sell? I know they make mention of it. I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. And then it's just figures that Rudy makes okay. is what they would sell. Uh, Zenoba spends two months trying to learn how to make figures himself before they end up buying Julia. Okay. Then the dining floors... There are three levels to the floors. The first mm-hmm. level is uh, adventurers and low class. The second floor is beast folk and individuals with a little nobility or basically is, you have to have some sort of nobility within your line. So you might be like a cousin, cousin. If you're a lord, you'd be considered somebody within the second floor. You can eat on the second floor. And then the third one is essentially high nobility. Is Those are the only people that can eat on the floor. Rudy is included in that because you know he's Paul's son so he does have actual nobility but everybody looked down on him because Rudy was wearing his cloak that he had been wearing for four years at that point and yep. went and trekked through the demon continent and so it was all tattered and just basically looked low class so they all were like yeah what's up with this guy right and that makes that brings focus into how Julie was able to eat on the third floor actually they eat on the Second, second floor, first floor, first floor with Julie in the in the light novel. Yeah, in the light novel, and most of the time they actually eat outside. Right. Well, I only bring that into focus when they made one scene where they're eating on the third floor, and like, okay, that's great, Julie can eat here, and then Bodyguardy showed up with the four hands of beer and then gave that's the second floor so you're not going to have anybody on the first floor you so bodyguardy is a demon lord but he's still not going to eat on the first on the the top floor interesting i'm pretty i'm 99.9 percent sure the anime said third floor uh yeah so that could just be a difference yeah maybe but just no they they would not let bodyguardy eat on the because nobility looks he's a demon so they're gonna look down on him so they wouldn't let him eat on the okay on the top floor i had mentioned this to you but if you remember i want to say it took rudy like two years or it might have been a year for rudy to figure out that sylphie was a girl when they were children yeah uh, they made a little bit of mention in the anime they, they said it took him a while i think it was like four or six months yeah no in the in the light novel i want to say it's like two years that's a long difference yeah and it kind of plays into Rudy's airheadedness towards Sophie as far as the potential for her to be a girl. It makes more, it makes a lot of sense on why Rudy doesn't think that Fitz is a girl. Because, I mean, if it took two years for him to figure out that his childhood friend was a girl, if somebody's wearing sunglasses and a bunch of clothing, like it, I feel like it'd be a little easy in Rudy's mindset to assume that it, it's a boy. Sure. There's lots of barriers. Yep. Juliet was bought for 10 large copper coins. That is something that's different because I think they said five. Oh, I don't even remember. Yeah, they, it, but it's 10 in the light novel. And then they talk about how Zenoba is strong against physical attacks, but is very weak against magical attacks. Okay. Lena and Priscina had I'm a cat slash dog, depending on the individual, that lost to Rudius. That was written on their face. Okay, so it wasn't just a, a mustache, a well, goatee. Well, and... It was, but it was also... Oh, okay. It was a, in addition to just yes. fucking with their faces. Yes. Okay. And then volume eight ends with... 
with Ariel asking what Sylphie wanted with Rudeus, like what what she wanted, basically what were her intentions with Rudeus. So when she's talking with the princess, like, okay, so what do you want with him? Yeah. And then she goes and like, oh, if you pull me in close, how many kids do you want? Like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Yeah, basically that whole thing. And then volume nine, you find out that Cliff is 16. So he is a year older than Rudy. Zenoba bragged about Rudy to Cliff. So up until this, we're talking past tense stuff. So Cliff had yet to meet Rudy in person at, in this scenario, in what what is going on at this point. Wow, really? They they kind of like go back in time. So they, oh. they do a little bit of a time skip on there. They're talking about Cliff's perspective in meeting Rudy. Okay, okay. I should have probably clarified that a little bit. So some of the things that basically made Cliff resent Rudy was obviously Eris uh, talking Rudy up so much when they met many years ago. And then it's also Zenoba bragging about Rudy to Cliff before they ever met each other. Right. So he's got two different sources of information coming in at him, telling him how amazing Rudy is. Yep, exactly. And... I think this was mentioned in the anime, but I, I wasn't 100% sure, so I, I wrote it down. Anyways, the ones bullying Cliff stopped because they heard a bunch of rumors about Rudy, like how strong of a person he was. So they had basically, that is the reason why they stopped and Rudy didn't have to do anything. Rudy was like, hey, you guys shouldn't be doing this, yada, yada, yada. But the reason why they backed down because they are their seniors is because they heard rumors about how strong Rudy is. Oh, okay. In the anime, the only thing that happens is Cliff is getting bullied. He's getting kicked on the ground. Rudy shows up like, hey, ganging up on one person isn't fair. You're you're weak if that's the way you have to do things. Mm-hmm. And then that's how the bullying stopped. Mm-hmm. So a little, yeah, just another layer on top of why... Rudius is respected and Cliff gets to not get bullied anymore because of that. Yep. You find out that Elaine Elise had a child. What? Yeah. Remember, she's old. Not an not elf. Really. I don't I don't think I know how oh, I mean she is an elf, so we can't expect her to be a little older, but I don't remember any kind of actual age being thrown on her. She has to at least be in her forties because she would have been old enough to party or be in a party with Paul, who was in his I think late 30s at this point this point uh i would i would almost say i think there that back then it would probably be early to mid 20s because i think from episode one of this show he was saying like oh this is a nice couple they look like they're at a certain age that's young enough i I think it's their early 20s so Mm -hmm. we have to put 15 years later so mid 30s so elanis would be at least in that age but remember she's an elf she's probably in her 50s plus sure yeah she has a child crazy and do we get to know what do we know about this child we i'll I'll get into that literally all we know is that she will raise the children until they can essentially be self-sufficient and then she leaves them (laughs) yeah okay and and that's it yeah, pretty much. We don't get a name. We don't get nope, nope, nothing. a gender. We don't get... Nothing. Okay. She does talk about how it's very rare for her to get pregnant. Okay, that would, would have been a next question because if she's getting blinked by so many guys, is she protected or what? Yep. Uh, nope. It's I, I doubt they have protection, let's be completely honest. Oh, I would be very surprised because everything... She's taken it so so frequent. It, that and I just... I don't think she would use protection. I also just don't think there is protection in this country or in this world. Right. Body Gotti uh, was... Still 
staying on an island for two years teaching these, I think they're ogres, uh, various things until he got the letter. We find out who the letter is from later on. He got a letter? Yeah. Body got, he got a letter. To like go to the school to learn or go to the school to try to steal Linnea and Persina? Uh, neither of those things. Okay. Body got, did not go to the school for them. He only fought the individuals because the individuals wanted to fight Rudy. He went there to fight Rudy. Oh, you know what? That makes way more sense anyway. Yeah. Okay. And he actually gets that letter from Elanice. Because remember, they traveled together for a little while. And then... Wait, they... Elanice and Barigadi? Yes. They, they they know each other? Yes. I don't remember this at all. Uh, maybe they don't talk about it. So the she travels with Bodyguardi, and then Roxy travels with Paul, and or travels with um, who is the dwarf that they they drink with. Uh, I don't remember who the dwarf is, but I, I remember a dwarf because he was in yeah. season one. He came off a boat, and yeah, yes, so I remember that part. Those essentially pairs travel, and then Bodyguardi goes to another island to basically learn slash teach some ogres how to do stuff. And when they, as in Elanice and Rudy, get to Renoa, she sends a letter to Bodyguardi saying, I found him. This is where we're at. Mm, okay. And if you remember, he basically wanted to talk to Rudy because of Kishirika Kishiriku who basically was like he's the strongest he has the most mana he probably has more mana than Lapas and so of course you know an individual who is supposed to be immortal that almost dies by the hands of this individual he's be like all right well if this guy's got more mana I want to see what this guy has to offer right so. yeah I want to I can't wait to learn more information about the place because they bring him up here and there, and he's technically dead, isn't he? I don't even remember anymore. I think all seven of the top-tier guys are supposed to be alive. Anyway, yeah. I want to see... The only of the top guys we know are Mangod and Orsted. Orsted is alive. Mangod's alive. Or Mangod's... I don't know. I don't think... He doesn't make it on the top seven, but like he's important enough. Yeah. So they have the uh, seven gods. Yeah, they have the seven gods who is like the, the fighting god, the uh, dragon god who is Orsted. You have the, the technique god that was supposed to be number one. Yep. You have and then I don't I don't remember what all of them are. I but paid you, attention you, to the top three too, yeah. I, I sent it I remember sending it to you, but mm -hmm. I would, we we have way too many messages to try and uh, <laughs> yeah. find that. But yes, there are seven. And I believe there it is unknown whether they are alive or dead. Yep. The sign is, that Rudy runs into is magic. So if the individuals were to be replaced by another individual, it would automatically update whoever the new Ooh, technique got okay. is. Okay, that's that's different than the anime because they I'm pretty sure they made reference that they didn't know whether to trust that sign, whether that was the actual hierarchy of strongest to weakest. And if it's a magic sign that can be updated, then yep. that kind of clarifies it right there. Yeah, so it's a magic sign, and but it's never changed. So it's easy to be like, oh, well, it, it might not be, but yeah, it's... Okay. And you find out why Cliff essentially started to attack those kids. And that is because Cliff hears 
So at this point, if you remember, Cliff has seen Elanese before and basically love at first sight. Mm. Completely is like, eh, you know what? Eris is great, but she's not this great. He hears the students saying that Elanese was getting railed out by three guys. And mm. that's what ticked him off. Yeah, so he wanted a defender. Yes, he wanted a defender from, you know, getting gang banged by three guys. Even though it was probably it, true. Absolutely anyway. <laughs> true. It probably exactly happened as they were saying it. Yeah. <laughs> And that first night that Elanis and Cliff are talking, she takes his virginity. That, I assume that, that night, yeah. Because if if she agreed to be seclusive with him, of course her curse needs to be you know taken care of. So yeah, it's she, yeah, she needs. Uh, While she doesn't necessarily need to have sex, she needs essentially sexual contact to fulfill her curse mm-hmm. parameters. But yeah, yeah, nope, they, they were having sex. Lena and Priscina talk about how they figured Rudy was impotent in front of the whole class. So everybody in the special class oh, knows damn, that Rudy they is just impotent. called it out? Yeah, so what they're do- what happens is this is after Rudy essentially captures them and keeps them in the room. Persino's like, well, I can smell that you're essentially your arousal wasn't there even though you were doing these things to us so right. we just figured you were incompetent okay that's kind of funny and they were talking about it in front of everybody it's like god damn sorry rudy they do make mention of this i just want to kind of go over it again so the first person that challenges rudy uh for a marriage duel was from the doldia tribe was from was actually from the doldia tribe not just somebody that was studying from the Doldia tribe. Like, he left the Doldia tribe to come challenge Rudy. Oh, like, he wasn't a student at all? No, no, he wasn't. Oh, I assume... Because we did in the anime see a beast man yep. come fight Rudy and then instantly get taken out. But I yep. don't think they made it clear that he wasn't even a student to begin with. Nope. And the school, while they don't... They don't want to ruffle feathers by not allowing these things to happen because they are traditional to other nations. They have added security because people like to take advantage of the basically what's going on. And there is a spike in um, instances happening uh, that are not wanted. We'll just put it that way. Makes sense. Rudy's demon eye is actually useless against uh, Badigati. Oh, okay. Uh, he, it's because he has eyes as well, or no? Because of just Badigati. Badigati is just that great. Yes, interesting. Yep. I mean, all we know is that he's supposedly immortal. Yep, but uh, Badigati basically. So before the incident, incident before the fight happens, Rudy is basically trying to figure out what Badigati is going to do. Yep, and Badigati starts laughing. He's like, "Ha ha ha! I know what you're going to do. It doesn't work on me." Ah, uh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. Not in the anime at all. I wish nope. that that's a fun little thing that it, make it makes them a little bit more tougher and unknown and yep. more of a player to be fearful of. Okay. And then you know this, but in the fight with Orsted, Rudy uses stone cannon, not this like magical fireball thing. I've told you about this. Yeah, this sounds a little familiar. I mean, you sent me a lot of stuff. I I did send you a lot of things. So Rudy uses stone cannon against Orsted in that fight. Is this the same stone cannon that he's going to throw at Badigati? Yes, because if you remember, Badigati says, use the same thing you used against Orsted. Oh, I don't remember that line in the anime. He does say that. Okay. So, which 
if you remember season one, you'd be like, that's not the same move. Why did? Why is he using this? Ooh, okay. Now I'm going to have to pay attention to this if I ever watch it for a fourth time. Yep. Watch, even if you just watch that one scene, sure. rewatch that scene. And he's like, use the same thing you used against Orsted. Because when he asks, did you hurt Orsted? He was like, well, I, uh, I think I tore up some of his hand or something like that. I like cut him up a little bit or something. I think that's what he said. Like, Maybe I don't remember any a, of that in the anime. He, he said he hurt him a little bit. Okay. So then, so then, because of that, I'm assuming they don't actually say it, but because that happened, that is why Batagati is willing to essentially do the one-strike duel because it's like, oh, well, if he's able to hurt Orsted, this attack has to be insane. Mm-hmm. He's willing to the terms of the duel. Okay. Batagati offers uh, one of his arms as a thank you for allowing him to be considered a state guest. Because Batagati is a demon lord, he's really not supposed to be there. Right. And so as a thank you from Batagati to the state to allow him to be there, he offers up one of his arms to for them to study on his immortality. So is he technically a five-armed guy? No, I'm pretty sure he grew his sixth arm back. But he just like offered up an, one of his arms, and I'm pretty sure he grew another one. Wait, you said six. I'm pretty sure he has four. Uh, I believe he has six. Crap, I'm already losing it. <laughs> I believe. He might have four. But I think, because I think he has two in the air, two wrapped around him, and then like two off to his side. He does have six. All right, I'm looking at a picture. Yeah, uh, I guess I... I'm all, I'm imagining him being Machamp, and yeah, at all times, yeah, his arms the, are crossed most of the time, okay? Yeah, um, he has two arms crossed in front of him, two arms on off to the side, and then like two arms on top of him. Yep, you exactly explain what I'm looking <laughs> at right now. So they, the Magical University will study gifted children to kind of try and figure out why they are the way they are, and they believe that magic was used to combat gifted children slash cursed children. Okay. Bodyguardi's battle aura deflects anything under King Tier magic. Wow, that's very impressive. Okay, so not only is he just considered strong, but he's so strong that shit can just get deflected. Yeah. And that shows that his stone that Rudy's stone cannon is a King Tier attack. The only thing is he would really in a battle never be able to use that because it took time to for him it, to it took that. him time he also gave zero fucks about like durability anything other than hardness speed and spin that was it that's what he pushed all of his magic towards right so and in a battle uh, you're never going to get that like you're not going to get that at least not in terms of like a quickness like one-on-one no i mean if he was in the back lines at some point he mean he just needed what thirty seconds or so to actually pull that off. I would assume they don't go into it, but yeah, we'll say thirty seconds. One thing the so the reason why Rudy has Fitz slash Sophie go and get his staff is because the vice principal talks to Rudy and was like, "Hey, we need you to stall." to get people to get eventually get S-ranked adventurers here because they don't believe that Rudy, who in all actuality shouldn't be able to combat a demon lord. Mm-hmm. Essentially, the demon lord is like every other demon lord where he's essentially a catastrophe event. So everybody's freaking out that Bodyguardy's there. And so he wants Rudy to stall to get like S-ranked adventurers there to be able to kind of stop Bodyguardy if they needed to. Okay, that makes sense. And obviously it didn't matter, but that is why Soldat and crew were called to... 
For real? Renoa, yep. Oh, that that's a nice little connection right there. Yep. It's not just because so that just so happened to need to come across that area anyway. I kind of wish that information that was is, just a little that bit. That is why Soldat just happened to need to go to the area. Yeah. There's a little more into it. I'm going to go. There's a little more to it, and I won't go into it. But, yeah. So, it was, he was there on purpose. Okay. Orsted attacked Rudy because the man god apostles uh, tend to cause havoc. So, that's what he tells Silent. Okay. Rudy semi-confirms that the Silent Seven, so the person with the mask, is the... A person who was ran over by the truck when past life Rudy attempted to save those individuals. He confirms it? Like he semi confirms it. Yeah, he he's like, I believe that's the person. Like she looks the same, oh, yeah. all these other things. Yep, the anime says that too. But he he's just um he he says they look the same. In in the do they say that in the anime? I must have missed that he, sentence. Yeah, he says they look the same and they're from they're both from Japan. Yep. But Rudy never confirms to her who he was in the past. Yeah. So that it's not like she could have made a connection to his actual human self. So she asks about information, but he always deflects because if you remember, he was this hideous, ugly, just kind of sloth of a person. Yep. So he didn't want her to be just kind of revolted by the past him. She He only wants her to know him as he is now. Yep. And then she also confirms that Orsted attacked Rudy because all of the man-god apostles have a tendency to cause havoc wherever they are. Okay. And is that because man-god has given them future information? or They don't go into it. Okay. They just say... Because Rudy's like, well, why did Orsted attack me? And she was like, well, he attacked you because he said that the man-god apostles will cause havoc wherever wherever they're going yep. so he doesn't even allow them to uh, kind of explain themselves he just immediately attacks okay persina and linea are actually taking classes seriously and persina actually thanked rudy for being in one of her classes with her like they just happen to be in the same class together oh okay and so it just kind of shows the like there's m- more to their relationship than just kind of as she calls it boss yep. and underling Okay. Rudy knows St. Tear Earth spell called Sandstorm. So he knows St. Tear magic as far as Earth magic. Was Saint below King? Yes, Saint okay. is below King. So Stone Cannon is an inner intermediate level attack, but because Rudy is so strong, he can essentially make it a, a King tier attack. Okay. Thunderbolt, which is the parent to Step Leader, who is the group that Soldat is in charge of. So essentially, it's a it's a branch off of Thunderbolt. Okay, was summoned to fight Bodyguardi, and they decided to hold their annual meetings in the Renoa area. But because Thunderbolt was uh, summoned, so were all the branches below it, and that's why. So that's why Soldat was in the area because they were all summoned, and then they're like, "Well, if everybody's here anyway, so we're just going to have our annual meetings." Okay. Which is the, I just so happen to be here, kind of uh, the reference to that reference that you had mentioned earlier. Okay. Yeah, now that whole scene makes sense because their little reunion got cut short because he had to go be part of a meeting. So. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Uh, Rudy has spent, went three years incompetent. Mm-hmm. 
we I know we had mentioned it earlier, but that's just uh, they had specifically said three. I've been dealing with this for three years now. Okay. One experimental magic circle is equivalent to one advanced magician's powers. So it's I want to say it's like basic, intermittent, advanced saint king i think that's it so basically it's like the third step so you're using the same equivalent magical power as one advanced magical spell okay so it it requires a lot of mana yes rudy uh, used snow to remove the path to find the flower and the reason why they talk about this is because sylphie is actually helping silent and rudy like experiment with these in using magic and Rudy can do like 50 of them and not feel anything. And Sylphie did like 10 and she was completely drained. Oh, okay. interesting. Okay. So that, or, excuse me, sorry, 20 and she was completely drained. Okay. But still, that's still a huge amount of mana pool that he has. Yep. We're, you know, we're talking over double and he still was like, you're tired already. Like you've only, you've only done 20. How are you tired? And he's still no mm-hmm. issues. Right. And then Rudy is actually using magic to remove snow. Basically, Sylphie makes mention how it's like, oh, it's impressive that you can use, you can melt the snow and not cause all the smoke. And he goes into how you can melt snow at a certain temperature without causing smoke to happen. Because again, if you're using smoke in a forest, you're going to attract demons. Yep. And that's why it's important that he can use, essentially use enough control. Yeah, has enough control that he he isn't smoking out their location. Mm. Sylphie uses magic items to relay the plan to two saint water magicians to cause the rain to appear. Oh, so that ring wasn't just like a natural reaction. It was a message. Yeah, it was her indicating to the magicians to cause the rain to happen. Oh, okay. So while they're in the cave, Rudy tells Sylphie the entire story of essentially Rudy from incompetent, basically from the him leaving uh, wherever wherever their village is, I'm sorry, I don't remember, to essentially that point. So he tells Sylphie, I came here to look into ways to cure my incompetence. Mm-hmm. And this is before he found out it was Sylphie? Or no, it was after. After, okay, after the radio. After they, they found, like, this is basically, I'm trying to have, we, we had sex, it didn't work. Time okay. to catch up. We, basically, yeah. yes. Luke had bought uh, five bottles of the aphrodisiac. Five? Yeah, he had, oh, he had five. Oh, he made it seem like it was just one and only. No, but I mean, we're talking 200 gold coins for a bottle. I think they said 200. I think he said I feel like were, it was 100. Might be 100. And I just don't, I'm getting my numbers mixed up. But oh. yes, even 100 gold coins for one bottle. But so, he bought this in the past. Yeah, he bought them for 15 gold coins a piece. Right, right, right. right. So he bought five for 15 gold coins. Damn, yeah. I remember in season one, they made comment on their insane difference in price. Uh, 10 gold coins is when Rudy went to that's how much it was when rudy went to the merchant the only reason why i remember that is because rudy had a flashback on or oh, he, there was he a direct t- flashback he talks about how he remembers what the aphrodisiac is and yep. was like oh the merchant was trying to sell it to me for ten dollars 10 gold coins at okay. that time i'm glad they did that because in the anime there's something you would only remember just the bottle itself not the price yep yep exactly so it's 10 times more what it was before the business went out of business yep and luke had actually already used two bottles at that point oh really so that's why he was so knowledgeable about it 
Yes. Okay. Yep. And I mean that is important because remember. So, so Luke he's is willing. As well. I don't know about incompetent, <laughs> or maybe he's having an orgy and just trying to really get in there. Maybe. Yeah. But he is essentially giving getting rid of one third of his supply of this aphrodisiac. The sex scene is actually through uh, Sylphie's point of view. Oh, okay. Just kind of it was an interesting, interesting little com- content. And Sylphie was next to Rudy the next morning when Rudy wakes up, so she's not gone. Oh, he doesn't wake up and he's all sad because she's gone. And yeah, that's like that's this mental thing is not. Oh, yeah, okay. that doesn't happen. I, I kind of liked it in the anime. It just made you feel a little sad. But at the same time, you know that Sylphie is such a good girl that you were like, no way. Like, yeah, she wouldn't be doing stuff for the princess after this scene. They also make mention how she's walking bow-legged. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right that's uh, okay. Gotta put in that little bit of detail, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of detail in there. <laughs> The Boreas family is backing the first prince, which is why they were hesitant of Rudy. Because remember, Eris is a, a Boreas gray rat. Okay, yep. So that is why they were hesitant of Rudy, because they were like, well, if he is in line with the, the Boreas family, who is with the first prince, where is Ru- where does Rudy stand? Mm-hmm. You learn that Sylphie actually went to the library so much because she, Ariel would ask fits to go to the library to find materials to help them study so that's why fits slash sophie knew the library so well it was because he would always go there for materials for the princess to help because the princess has a image to sustain so she has to essentially be the top of the class mm-hmm. and so she's always studying and then Fitz would understand these things try to explain it to ariel and luke and they'd be like yeah that doesn't make any sense like what are you talking about so then ariel would send Fitz to the library to get materials to help them study so that they could be top of the class Okay. Which is why Fitz slash Sophie knows the library so well. Because the library is like the biggest building in the academy. Okay. Interesting. One thing that is super interesting, it's not necessarily the most important thing, is that the entire academy is actually made out of bricks that are anti-magic. The entire academy? Yeah. Not just Nanahoshi's special room. It's no, the entire... The, the entire academy is made out of these special bricks that is impervious to magic. Okay. I mean, if you're in a school of magic, you'd want to protect it somehow. <laughs> well, the thing is, Renoa is the only complex that is made out of this. Oh, that too? Most, most walls have it, but it's so expensive that... Like, you're only fortifying your your outer wall with it. Sure. And nowhere else is going to have it on the inside because it's just way too expensive to try and build buildings. Right. Because Renoa has such a monopoly on it. Silver, Sylphie never tells Ariel about her green hair. So that is one of the things that Sylphie never tells, which also explains why Rudy never figure out figures out who Sylphie is. Okay, that makes sense. I'm glad you said that because when they made comments of that, yeah. when Ariel was like, she made a comments about how her hair looks so good or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was very clear in season one that her hair resembled the Superds because it was green. Yep. And then here we are with Sylphie with gray slash white slash silver hair, whatever this is supposed to be, but it's definitely not green. Yep. So... I was very confused by that comment because her hair is definitely different. Yes. And so Ariel and Luke 
don't know that her hair has changed. When she fell from the sky in episode zero slash whatever in yep. book two or whatever. Yep. Now I'm running a blank. Was her hair different? So they show her hair changing from green to silver or white, whatever you want to call it, in the fall. Really? Yes. Oh, man. I don't remember this at all. I, I have to rewatch this part. But very interesting. What? Like, just genetically mm. fear turned her white or? <laughs> I have no idea. That Yeah, they don't go into it. Okay. Very interesting. The So, something I had mentioned earlier about the underwear that Rudy had caught, it was actually Sylphie's underwear. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay, that's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm not too surprised by that, but... That's yep. kind of funny. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is you don't learn about that until the end of book nine. Oh, really? So yeah. it's not even on the spot? Like no. Narrative-like? <laughs> yeah, okay. no, it's at the it's at the very end of book nine. It's like an extra chapter. I just wanted you to smell me one more time, Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> you do end up learning about what Eris is up to. Okay. I'm not going to go into it because I feel like it's hard spoilers for part two or core two of season two. Okay. Or the beginning of season three. I don't know what season, what core two is going to be. So, but yes, you find out what Eris is up to and very single-minded. We'll put it that way. Okay. And you remember the girl that is standing next to the guy, the first beast folk that uh, challenges Rudy. I don't remember the girl. I just remember the guy. Really. So there, there's a girl that is next to him. That's kind of like, uh, uh, I don't know what's going on. Okay. Well, she is from where Eris is. Okay. And she actually knows Eris and her intentions were to fight Rudy. If you remember, Sylphie talks about how there was actually a girl mixed in with, so that is her. The, the girl mixed in with the, the with all the process. Yep. Okay, yep. And so that is that girl. Okay, so she's not there because she's interested in women slash uh, or Rinia even, or Persenia. Or Rudy at all. Or even Rudy, but she's there to keep she's, tabs. She is there. She's there for Rudy, but not for the um, mating sense. Okay, I she, like that. She's essentially there to challenge Rudy. We'll just say it that way. And we'll call it fact check certain things sure okay i like that a lot I, it was very it was a i was kind of like it was almost like an aha like oh my god that's a crazy easter egg that you would not know unless you read the light novel yeah exactly i wonder if they're gonna make mention on that in like core two or something i hope so it'd be interesting or maybe do an ova they could do that sure one thing i will say is that eris is considered a sword saint okay I don't remember where she left off in season one. I don't remember, but she is essentially what would be considered the second highest class. Yeah. So that just shows how strong, even at 16, 18, whatever, whatever age you want to think of her at, uh, that that's how strong she is. Impressive. And that is all of volume nine. Just a little bit more. That's all, all I got. And if you remember from earlier, I had mentioned how they only go into one chapter of volume 10. And there's just a couple things that they talk about. So Nanahoshi is 17 when she dies. And Nanahoshi actually means silent seven. Oh, that's a translation. It's a translation thing. I believe they say that she uses it to kind of help weed out. Like Rudy talks about, oh, it's a direct translation from Nanahoshi. So I'm assuming she's using that name to help find her friend like if her friends hear it mm-hmm. then they'll know who she is without saying oh my name's Nana Hoshi. right they end up bringing up uh sailor moon and dragon ball z oh really because they're talking about like 
do you know what this reference is? Do you know what this reference is? Uh, Nanahoshi knows neither of them. and But she, she still knows enough to know, to bring it up and see if it's Japanese uh, culture. Rudy, Rudy's bringing it up to her about, because she talks about how she's a, like a, a nerd and geeks out on manga and all this other stuff. So, But she's not nerdy enough to know the classics? But you have to remember, there is a 17-year gap because Rudy was 34 when he died. Nanahoshi was 17. Oh, interesting. So. She's still young. It's a generational thing where she wouldn't. Well, I think she might have known Dragon Ball Z like in the the references, but didn't like never paid attention to it. Right, right. Because it's kind of hard to miss Dragon Ball Z. But Sailor Moon is an easy one to not know what the references are. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything other than the girls, the transformation, and the relation with Yu Yu Hakusho. So that, yes. that's where my knowledge stops. And one thing is the homeroom notices that uh, Rudy's incompetence has been cured. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, basically, Rudy talks about how, oh... Sex really does like make you into a whole new man kind of thing. Okay. Because like Cliff's like, oh, you seem kind of different today, and Zenova is like, yeah, you seem to have this confidence, and of course, Lenia and Persino can smell his arousal because <laughs> during the entire time they would do certain things that would be sexual, and of course, previous Rudy, nothing would happen, mm. but now you know things are happening, so they smell his arousal on Rudy when they're doing these things like you know showing they would like lift up their legs and show her show them their panties and stuff like that okay so just uh yeah certain certain things so yeah that is that is everything okay so it's not just that Silphy is his one and only answer to getting himself it's he's fixed fixed yes he is fixed he, he has been cured. Okay. Which is the whole premise of Core 1. Right. All right. That's, I was, that's where I was kind of worried about. I was like, it's it's kind of strange, like, because that prostitute made a mention of, like, he needs to be in the comfort of somebody who he trusts. And is that going to be the one and only way for him to do what he wants to do? So, remember, he did end up getting aroused in the cave, but it went away. So nothing says that if he tried to, this is assuming he will try, if he tried to have sex with somebody that he wasn't emotionally attached to, then it might go away. Just just because he gets aroused doesn't necessarily mean that he can stay that way. That's true. And they don't have Viagra to keep them that way. So <laughs> right. it, it could be it could be that thing. So they talk about how Rudy wanted to basically his thought process on what he wanted with Sylphie and how, you know, when him and Eris were talking, they were gonna have a family, he was like, What does that really mean? And then he talks about how with Sarah, like he didn't really have feelings with Sarah, so that's probably why nothing ever worked that, out that way because, you know, it definitely wasn't love. Like, there was just no emotional attachment to it. And then with Sophie, it's a complete emotional attachment, so that's why it kind of worked out. Again, who knows if in the next part they, you know, he maybe he tries to go to a brothel and can't keep it up. Maybe. Yeah, maybe he's want to test it out and see if it's if it's anything. Yeah. But now that we are done with the light novel, let's take a break before we really get into the the good part of the conversation. Hey Toasties, I'm Missy, here with my bestie Johnsy. Hey y'all. 
Do you like mind-blowing crime cases, spooky tales, and debating theories? What a clinky dink, so do we. Grab your beverage and be a part of our Toasted Shenanigans on your favorite podcast app. You can even send us a story or drink suggestion. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, or at ToastedShenanigans.com. And now that we're back from our break, let's get into the meat and potatoes of our conversation, which allows Lance to actually be able to talk some more instead of everybody (laughs) just hearing me talk. Yeah, I mean, you had a shit ton of great information. So actually, that kind of is more of the meat and potatoes of this episode. But (laughs) now let's just get into some more of the uh, casual talk that we can have together. Yeah, because while I don't mind talking, an hour plus of talking is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that's a lot of time. Don't blame you at all. But as always, uh, do you have a favorite character? Yeah, there's a couple characters. I wouldn't say favorite. I am very, very interested in quite a couple of them. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with the big one. I'm very interested in Bodyguardi. Okay. He's yep. got my interest because he's considered the immortal god and he's engaged to Kishirika. And I also say this because earlier in the season when he was going on that scale hunt expedition and they were in that cave and there was that rock statue in the underground oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was like, well, yep. that resembles Kishirika. I, so I now... It's bringing like these gods a little bit more into focus, like in the like on the down low. Like they're a little they're important, but they're not important. Like I want to now. I want to know more about them. So that actually reminds me of something I didn't mention in the light novel. So Rudy is actually talking to Badagati about making Kishirika into a figure, okay. and he makes mention about how she will look different as she gets older, and basically she reverts to her child form and then as she gets older gets basically more adult-esque so that figure that stone feature that we saw of her might actually be her as an adult oh okay so does does that mean that kishirika can bounce back and forth between different she's essentially immortal right so i'm assuming what happens is she will uh, essentially die and then get reincarnated as herself as a child and then just grow up and get older. What I'm going to imagine is much like how Badigati took that giant bullet, he shrunk, his voice squeaked yep. up, and yep. he lost his arms. And then as soon as his arms came back to him, he you know got back to his giant ass self. So did Kishirika get into a giant battle, lose so badly, and that's why she's in the childish form that she is in now? I think they make mention how she was reincarnated. Oh, so that's why you went the re- reincarnation route? Yeah, because she talks about how she doesn't have all of her eyes. Well, she also talked about how she said, in this life, I am already engaged. She said a different word than engaged, but when he was about to, when she was about to give Rudy a present instead of the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like, present. oh, in this life, I am already engaged to someone. Yeah, a better, it's a different way to say engaged, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so she's probably freshly reincarnated to some degree then. Yep. Yep. Okay. Because he had mentions how maybe we should make a figure and sell it of Kishirika as she is now. And he's like, well, this isn't what she actually looks like. This is just what she is now. Okay. I and, like that. And Rudy is like, well, we should make it for prosperity. Prosperity? Yeah. Prosperity in making a figure as she is now for 
prosperity reasons. Sure. That yeah, I get that. I completely understand Bodyguardi. He is a crazy interesting person though. Yeah, I definitely want to know more about him. He's powerful. He's nice to a degree. He's got the same stupid laugh that Kishirika does. <laughs> so he's got my interest hard. What okay. about you? What are you liking or interested in? Man, because of what the season was, where it was just a, a builder of the season, it's really hard to pick somebody because Cliff kind of sucks. <laughs> um, Elanice is a complete slut and you know exactly what she is. Ariel's an interesting character because I guess that's who I'm going to pick because I really want to know how things change now that Sylphie is Sylphie instead of silent fits so what is going to happen in season two now that she can't use essentially the most powerful mage she doesn't have the most powerful mage as her bodyguard while she is have she does have the ability to use rudy's name to kind of help strengthen her renown she doesn't have fits anymore as a bodyguard so i'm interested how what develops on from there I can see that. I'm very interested too, especially now that I know that there's so much more political build behind everything that she's doing. Oh, like everything. We know that she went here because of political BS, but she is very carefully doing what she's doing because of everything. And yeah, she has not given up the throne. Right. That that I feel like that's something that is very important is that she didn't run away to flee and give up her power she did it because she was getting assassinated she was having assassination attempts on her and it was safer for her to leave and build her power than it was to stay and attempt to build her power right Uh, yeah so i guess i'm gonna go with uh ariel that she's the a character i'm most interested in yeah, she's a very solid character. I think the next person that I'm interested in is Julie. Okay. And that's because she's already a child doing chantless, incant- incantationless magic. There yep. we go. Yep. And she's doing just fine. She's picking up on the native language very quick. And she's she's very, she's very proven to herself to be a very reliable and interesting character. So yep. I wonder if she's going to be a little bit more important as the, the story continues. Yeah, no, that... I feel like she will be as far as what I had mentioned earlier, how they are going to use her to help basically make this building that this merchant shop of figures. Right. So it'll be very, it will be very interesting as far as that is concerned. And real quick, just to make things straight, the purpose of Julie was, was she to help Zenova on his own techniques? No. No, the purpose of Julie was to have an individual who could make figures who Rudy was going to use Zenoba as the front of this merchant shop to sell the figures. Okay, right. So now at this point, Zenoba's entire existence is basically to help train Julie, and he's not going to be able to learn the skills that he wanted to learn? He's a, he's attempting to learn them, uh-huh. but he is so bad at it. Mm-hmm. That instead of basically failing, he is he purchased Julie now is essentially the older brother to Julie and is the figurehead to this future company. Okay, because Zenoba is never going to be a king because he's a essentially a blessed child who is known as the oh man decapitator of some sorts. Yeah, de- he deca- yeah he decapitated his brother Julius. 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, he'll never he'll never be a king because of that. But he still has the Chiron family name, which has a lot of influence. Right. Okay. Another relationship I'm very curious about is going to be Luke and Rudy. A hundred percent. They're crossing paths here and there. They definitely talk about how they share the gray rat name, but they never talk about like their relationship together at any point in time. So yeah, I am very interested too. Like, are they ever going to have a conversation? Are they ever going to be like, Hey, we should work together on some kind of thing. Do they have a mission together? It would be very interesting because at this point they've done nothing together. Mm-hmm. And Luke had very strong hostility towards Rudy. Mm-hmm. Now, was that all because he had no trust because of the uh, Boreas family that Rudy was working towards? Or was it because he's a gray rat and he just doesn't trust Rudy? Yeah, there's stuff that we just don't know. Yeah, and I'm very, very curious about it. Well, one thing I know, so we we kind of talked about this, but do you think we'll ever see Counter Arrow again? Ooh, I'm going to just go with no. Okay. I mean, just like we talked about Sarah, the odds of us seeing Sarah again is pretty pretty slim yeah um as fun as suzanne and timothy and who's left patrice and obviously sarah but like that's all that's left yep they're in the past rudy left to keep problems on the down low so no i i would be very surprised to see anybody again okay and this isn't as much as we thought that this could have potentially turned into like an absolute harem from season one yeah Sarah making a future entrance to be part of this harem is especially now that we know that he wants to marry Sylphie. Yeah. Seems unlikely. So I would I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we never see Counter Arrow again. What about you? Yeah, I I would be very surprised if we saw Counter Arrow again. But shortly after we have Soda. He's really he's an interesting character. I'm glad that Rudy had his meltdown and that moment to really bring out Soda. And we got a couple episodes with him. He's yep. really not that bad. I mean, he's a he's a shit character, but he, you know he's cool enough. So it's something that they again. It's more things that they talk about in the light novel. The fact that he is in charge of a I think it's an A rank uh, adventuring group proves that while Soda might not be the best person he's not a shitty person right because there's no way you could get all of these strongest adventurers to rally behind such a shitty individual right i guess i it's only going at his his attitude towards rudy yeah in the first half of the series or the season two yeah and it, i get it he just had for whatever reason just such strong resentment towards rudy and it was nice to it like you said it was very nice to see that change Hundred percent. Do you think uh, Rudy's ever going to go back to that brothel? I mean, I know you were kind of bringing it up earlier. Yeah. At this point in time, I would be surprised if he did. I think he's matured enough mm-hmm. and thankful enough that he's recovered that he's going to give himself the selfie. Okay. Although he did a scientific experiment by trying <laughs> to squeeze one of the the Doldia's boobs to see if anything happened. So I guess there is that. So maybe he would be interested to see if he is 100% cured, if it means that he can get 
aroused by anything else. But like you said, the light novel, uh, he's looking at Linnea's underwear at back in class and they can smell arousal. So that's kind of funny. Yep. Uh, so I would be surprised if he were to go take that extra step. Okay. I feel like maybe one day. I feel like maybe like 10 years into the future, he, he might go. Oh, yeah? And just, he might just be there and be like, oh, I'm curious if uh, Elise is still there and she just happens to be there. Or All right, something. well, speaking of 10 years in the future, one thing that we should make clear is you ended on the beginning of volume 10. 10, yep. And right here, it's saying the final volume has been released. Volume. Season 2, Core 2 okay. is chapter 10. And there's volume 10 or volume 10. Jeez. And there's 26 volumes out there. Yep. We're only, we're not even halfway through. So we have a shit ton of information. 10 years can go by so easily. 20 years could go by. Right. To be completely honest. I will say, so the first season was six volumes. So if they go, they stick to the same thing. Technically you could have six volumes in this one too, because we're at two and a half. So they might do five, another two, like, sorry, not two and a half. Two and one chapter was uh, core one. Yeah. So they might go 10, 11, 12. And so now we're at half of the, or almost half of the light novels. I can honestly see this lasting another three more seasons. Sure. Because there's so much more information that we could need to get out of this. Yeah. Because we're only, yeah, we're, we're in the school portion of him just trying to better his own skills. Yeah. He's still in, I think a first year essentially. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to know how this continues. What happens? Do you foresee him graduating? All seven years worth? Do you think he's going to cram seven years worth into like a year or two? I will say the vice principal asks Rudy this question. Oh, he does? Yes. And Rudy, because Rudy was like, well, I came here for the The mono disaster and impotent. Well, that he... He says the mana disaster, but he's a special student. He doesn't need a reason to go there. He was invited to go there. And so he technically doesn't need to continue. Or was it, was he having this conversation? He sorry. So Ariel asked him this question because, you know, he, he makes mention how the whole reason why he actually went to the school was to cure his incompetence. But now that it's cured, will he leave to go find his family? And that's when he talks about how he's going to stay because he is going to stay with Sylphie. Right, right. I will say I feel like he's going to continue through the Mana disaster because he essentially made a deal with uh, Silent, with Nanahoshi. That's right, yeah. They're still trying to figure out the teleportation deal so i think he is going to stay until ariel graduates which would be i think it's four more years three more years okay do you think that nanahoshi is going to figure out the teleportation deal or do you think yes i think it's pretty obvious she's going to figure something out yes do you think she's gonna teleport herself i don't think she can i don't think so you don't i think think she's gonna be stuck in this world one thing i'm very interested to find out about because they don't make mention in, about it in the light novel, is what is up with the time gap. So there is a five-year difference between when Rudy was reincarnated and Nanahoshi was summoned. No, a little... T- uh, ten like years? A, a ten or eleven years. Because oh, yeah, yeah. she's been in this world for five years. And, yeah, it was Rudy's tenth birthday. And it was about Rudy. Rudy. Yeah, Rudy's tenth well, birthday, because that's when he got the staff, and that's when the mono it, disaster 
Sylvester had them. It was his 11th. It, it wasn't the same day. It was technically like around his 11th birthday. Oh, okay. Because so it's, fi- it's been five years since the whole thing happened. Yep. So it would be around his like uh, his 11th birthday. Anyway. Solid 10 years. It, it's been There was a 10-year gap between when Nanahoshi was summoned and when Rooney was reincarnated. So was Nanahoshi just in limbo for 10 years? Yep, I'm wondering that too. Because the whole deal was Rudy's original body. What did he jump in front of a he, truck to? He push? attempted to. He attempted to save the three in three school aged individuals mm-hmm. from getting hit by the truck. I think they all got hit by the truck. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm starting to think too. Also, why did Rudy get reincarnated, and now we know Nanahoshi got summoned? Like, what happened here? Right. Maybe the teleporting isn't necessarily teleporting, but rather, I can't think of a better word than reviving a ghost of some sorts from another realm. Okay, interesting. One thing we do know is that there is teleportation in this world because they make mention about it when Rudy asks Nanahoshi how her and Orsted were able to travel the world in a gear. Oh, yeah, they yeah, they were able to teleport. So teleportation is not something new, and they do talk about it in the light novel about that book. Basically, there's a couple different versions of teleportation where it's from like point A to point B, and no matter what happens, you always go to this point B. Another one is like point A to point random where you'll you'll hit this teleportation circle and you'll just go wherever. And then there's one where you can go back and forth between. It's almost like a portal. You can go back and forth between summoning circles. Okay, so that's like an open door policy right there? Essentially, yeah. Okay. And Like a never closing? Like, Do you think that there's a, a random open portal that's just... It's all in this cave. That So the book that fits recommends to Rudy, they talk about how there's this cave and... Within the cave, these adventurers were trying to, I think they call it the teleportation cave, that they were trying to navigate, and they kept hitting these traps, and then they figured out that this trap was a summoning circle, and it would bring you to, like, floor four to floor seven. Mm-hmm. And then there was another one that would bring you, would so that one would always bring you to floor seven. And then the other one would always, it would be a random location every single time and then this other summoning circle would always bring you from like floor one to floor four but then it would also bring you back from floor four to floor one so it it was literally a portal to go back and forth but other than that like they they know nothing about how it works it just so happens that like Orsted is just powerful enough to he can't even explain himself it's just well common knowledge to him he it is common knowledge to him where these natural summoning circles are but because silent or nanahoshi never had a a map she had no idea where these things were she just followed him right yeah that's what she was explaining and so i'm curious if in season two we find out more about these i would like to know because that that's clearly what nanahoshi is doing with all of her free time Mm -hmm. she's she's attempting to to get reverted back to re-summoned, summoned to her <laughs> yeah, original she's trying to world. Go back to home. She's exempt from all of her studies, period, so she can put all of her time and effort into all of her studies. Yes. So that's and cool on her part. Does the anime make mention that she uses Orsted's name? Mm, I don't think so. So that that's basically why she's super exempt from everything is because she uses Orsted's name. That, that would explain why she's exempt from everything. And then they also make mention 
mention how she's the reason why they have like chalkboards and yep they made that mention that was really cool yeah um Rudy was like this makes me feel like home yep and so the reason why they have uniforms and a bunch of other stuff is because of her okay so this is a relatively new concept to yep. the school itself yep it actually started the year Rudy started Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. But I, I'm very curious about season two, core two. Anime show had brought a teaser, or excuse me, posted a teaser of core two. Did you you saw that right? I think so. Yeah. Where it's Sylphie and Rudy next to each other in front of this house. Yeah, this sounds a little familiar. And yeah, so that's the t- the teaser for core two which will be in spring of 24. Yep. And this website says April 2nd, 2024. Okay, cool. Uh will be 13 episodes. Oh. Or excuse me, episode 13. Yeah. I'm I'm very curious. Well, I guess let's get into season 2 because I feel we did talk a lot about season 1 or core, we talked a lot about core 1 already. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any expectations as far as core 2? I do have some expectations besides seeing them walk side by side together. <laughs> besides seeing them, I like I do expect Sylphie and Rudy to have a relationship and okay. consummate and be a legit couple. Do you think they're going to get married in core 2? Kind of, yeah. So, remember, they are adults. They are adults in their world. Yeah. Yep. So, like it would I would not be surprised if they officially make themselves, you know, proper. Okay. But I would I do proper. What I was thinking the past couple of days when I'm preparing for this conversation, I do have a little bit of a thought. Okay. And I think at some point Sylphie's going to die. I do not foresee her living throughout the entire series. Okay. Interesting. I I'm just going to say no. I don't believe so. I think she's just too vital of a character. Oh yeah. Uh, I feel like this is going to be a show where, like, the super, super, super important people aren't going to die. Okay. I'm only saying this because we still have Eris and Roxy out there. Mm -hmm. And, of course, he still has love for them. Mm -hmm. And... But he he practices a religion in which he's uh, worshipping panties. So I feel like the amount of wives he has doesn't matter. Okay, so you think (laughs) he might potentially want to have multiple... Yes. Okay, I can see that. But at the same time, I think the respect and religion of Roxy is going to stay the way it is. Okay. I think Sylphie's going to die, and he eventually, not eventually, but ultimately ends, ends up with Eris. Okay. And I think that's the conclusion. I don't I... know. That's just how I feel right now. Just I just feel like there, I just need that drama. There needs to be drama. There just always has to be something crazy in order for something to stay interesting. I, I think they're going to pull something interesting. Interesting, not from that. I feel like Laplace is going to come into place. I feel like we're going to get more about Man God because we could find out that, I don't know, Man God is actually Laplace. Ooh, very interesting. So I like that. That could be something. I feel like they're going to pull the very interesting things from these higher powers and not from Rudy's love interests. Very true. I can see that. Let's let let's let the gods, you know, start to poke at each other before Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I do think Rudy's E D is going to play into the effect of why he gets married to these to these women. Mm-hmm. Because 
I feel like he might try and go to a brothel and or he might try and stay aroused and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be like, all right, well, I can literally only have sex with these two or three people. So these are the people I'm going to get married to. <laughs> I just think that he is going to Sylvie will pretty much do whatever Rudy wants. Yeah. So, yeah, she's, she's made that pretty clear. She's. She's pretty flexible. So I feel like she is going to be willing to share Rudy with others in the sense of Eris and potentially Roxy. That one I don't know about. Um, It's hard to try to throw Roxy into this. It is very hard. But Roxy has never shown any interest in anybody else. But she always talks up Rudy. Mm Mm-hmm. So I wonder if maybe when he gets older, she's going to view him as an adult and be like, oh, well, maybe these these feelings I've always had for you were not always. But these feelings that I have for you now are because, you know, you're you're this amazing person and I actually want to be with you kind of thing. Right. And we're talking, I don't know, 10 years from now kind of thing. Like maybe maybe a timeline is Sophie and Rudy get married and then Eris comes Eris, I guess, comes into the picture. And then, you know, they they finally come and actually meet up with everybody within Rudy's, like Rudy's whole family. And then Roxy's there. And now he's got this whole connection with Roxy. And then something crazy happens. He needs Roxy's help and Eris's help. And then, I don't know, this love square happens and they're like you know what i don't care about anybody but rudy and sylphie's like well i i guess i can share with you two because you know she's already had sex with him so what's one more and then yada 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 kind of stuff sure i i don't know i i do feel like his ed it has to play like we spent way too much time with him being incompetent for it to not place something in the future. Yeah, that's a good point. To spend half a season, spend, more, more than half a season. To spend two and a half books yeah, that too. on yeah. him being just incompetent. I feel like he's going to be able to convince the women in his life that there's a reason why I can be aroused next to these women. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I just have to stay with them. Yeah, I, I don't know how to separate them other than killing one off. That's why I said Sylphia has to die or something. Or maybe Eris dies and that brings him down another sad path or something i don't know she's way too strong i feel like she's gonna be way too strong she is really strong i can't see her losing unless she goes up against a god i feel like she's gonna be a god tier swordsmith i feel like that's gonna be her path what if she gets picked up by the technique god i don't know i feel like rudy will be there and make sure nothing happens to her (laughs) maybe i i feel like it's gonna be awesome battles but i feel like the end of the series is gonna and or somewhere towards the end of the season series, it's going to be one square love fest of Rudy gets his harem. You think it's going to be some kind of happy-go-lucky harem? Yeah, I think he's going to get his harem. Now, I don't. I'm not saying that people cl- like Rougeard might die. Like some. Oh, Rougeard, we need him back. Yeah, I I feel like what you're getting at is is true. Where something has to happen, but I don't think it's going to be the three women in his life. No, okay. I feel like like his dad's going to die in front of him or something, and then that's going to like really that. kind of because while Paul wasn't the 
best father figure. He was still a decent father figure to Rudy. Right. And I feel like that's going to be like maybe Orsted is going to kill Paul for whatever reason or some other god that we don't know about is going to kill Paul and or what Zenith? Yeah, Zenith is going to actually be in trouble and she's going to die and that's going to cause Rudy to have some rage or something along those lines. Well, that was going to be one of my next questions is we kind of this see core one started with the mission of finding Zenith Mm -hmm. and then we ended with putting her on the side to do all of our other because she's quote unquote safe. Yes, exactly. Because she's safe. So that was what I was going to lead into is, do you think, scratch that, how soon do you think it'll be before we even see her? Oh, man. I, season three. Yeah, I do not plan on seeing her at all for core two, season two. I think they are going to do a lot of political stuff within season two, core two, intermingled with Rudy and Sylphie's relationship. Right. So I think they're going to basically time skip stuff and having Ariel graduate. And then that's when they're going to go on their ways. Like the end of season two is going to be Ariel and Sylphie departing from each other. I can see that 100%. I I think their relationship is essentially done. They'll have the political standards with each other. But at the end of season two, I can see them just... I think it's like the beginning is going to be Sylphiette is going to come out as... Or, well, Fitz is going to come out as Sylphiette. Oh, yeah. Do you think that Fitz is going to reveal? Or do you think Fitz is just going to disappear? No, I think she's going to bring up the fact that Fitz was actually Sylphiette. To the common public or... To the school. Because remember, the school is everything Ariel is using to gain political power. Right, but... Okay... I'm saying this school still seems a little vague to to the to Renoa to Renoa to like the, every single student or to the higher ups. I think everybody because basically anything that happens within Ariel is happening to everybody, including the Magicians Guild. Okay, just to be upfront for being a public figure. Yeah. Okay. So. Fitz is going to come out as Sylphiette, and then there's going to be a bunch of drama that happens around that. But it's going to be like, oh, crap. Now we have Silent Fitz and Rudy together. They are backing the princess, so now it's going to be a lot of behind-the-scenes political things that, you know, we have Quagmire Rudy mm-hmm. as this super strong, I think he's an A-ranked adventurer, on top of Silent Fitz, who was able to take down, sorry, on top of Rudy, who was able to take down Patagati with one attack, mm. with Silent Fitz, who is now actually Sylphiette. They're this super strong couple who backs Ariel, and then she's going to use that as a power, not sh- struggles, not the, the right word, but a power move to help her kind of gain influence in other locations. I like it. And it, makes, so, it makes complete sense, yeah. She needs support behind her, so this is the perfect way to do it. Yeah, I feel like that because of how Season 2 Core 1 ended, I feel like that political-esque is going to play a part in Core 2. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Because remember, Sylphiette is still enrolled in school, so I'm curious if she'll can graduate with school. Oh, yeah. Because they could pull some BS and be like, oh, well, you're not who you said you were, so we have to we have to expel you because you broke our rules or something like that. But r- remember, when Rudy tried to figure out if Fitz was a boy or a girl, they are like, the people, the people were like, yeah, you, you don't need to know, essentially. Well, that too, but then Fitz ran out, I'm a man, I'm a man. <laughs> but now Fitz no longer needs to act as a man. 
So it doesn't matter what Fitz slash Sophie is. That's very true. I mean, as, as long as it gets revealed like that. Is there, any, is there anything you're looking forward to for uh, Core 2? I mean, I said some stuff. The stuff I said, I expect, like, in the, season three kind of stuff. Core, yeah, ev- everything you were talking about is definitely future-esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Core 2, I do kind of expect a shotgun wedding kind okay. of deal. I can, so she's going to be pregnant? <laughs> maybe. I mean, she's already talking about accepting babies. As many as you want. Um, Maybe Rudy's just so happy he can finally get it up, he just... Goes crazy, whatever. Anything can happen. Yep. Things can, they can just do their thing. Literally. And I do expect a lot more political shit coming out of Ariel, like we've been talking about. Okay. But then there needs to be some kind of drama. So the drama needs to be so I, maybe the school getting attacked by something. Maybe. I know we had, we had talked about it earlier, but what if Eris comes back? What if that's the drama that happens is Eris shows up? That mm, Maybe not to the school... I think if Eris is going to play a role, it can't be at the school grounds. I think okay. Rudy yeah. would have to go to another location Okay, as like some kind of weird mission. He, he would be standing in front of this giant uh, building. Or something like that, yeah. Uh, it's more I'm looking at the, the first episode, the essentially teaser of what Core oh, 2 thumbnail? is. Yeah, the thumbnail of what Core 2 is, and right. it's them standing in front of this building that has nothing to do with Renoa University. Okay, okay. So, And then maybe Sylphie's got a pot belly, and then <laughs> Eris sees that, gets mad, and stomps off because she feels like she's ready to be with Rudy again, but here he is settling. And now it's completely making, opposite. Making babies with others. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they're both nobilities, so, you know, having bastard children is nothing <laughs> out, of, out of the ordinary. That's that's true, too. But that's kind of, I don't know what to expect out of season two. Season two is just going to be some big, big build up to season three. And okay. season three is just going to be some pure action bullshit. Okay. Well, not bullshit. Not but yes. bullshit. But I'm mean, just <laughs> casually saying that. But season three, I think, is going to be intense. Okay, I can completely understand that. It is a lot of unknowns because we don't even have any like trailers for Core Two at this moment. I mean, this isn't going to launch for like another month or so, so we'll see. But April. So yeah, we have till next or not this season, but next season because it'll come out in spring of twenty four. Right. So yeah, but it'll be soon enough that we yeah our listeners could see some kind of teaser yeah because i'm i'm trying to talk in the future while in the current yeah it's it's weird we're predicting yeah did you have a favorite moment in in core one i don't know i think i'm gonna take the sappy route with this one and i'm gonna go with sylphie revealing who she is in the cave yeah i I had it it was a very strong moment i completely get that i'm pretty sure i had some like chills the first time i watched it because it was it was Mm heart-wrenching like that whole thing rudy going through everything was uh it was very touching. While this core was really good, there just wasn't a whole lot. It was building. Every episode was building uh-huh. towards something and not just Rudy getting a boner. <laughs> like you had said, I feel like this whole season is building towards season three as far as action and anything else that's happening because I don't know what's going to happen in core two. I, w- I want to say if I had to pick a favorite... A favorite scene, man, there's just nothing that sticks out. There's literally nothing that sticks out in this entire season. I mean, that's totally fair. This is all that, just a casual buildup of learning. Rudy is, is growing process. 
finally figuring out Sylphie. Yeah, there's besides what you said, there's no real true memorable like, oh my god, this is the best scene. There was a lot of good parts of the season. There was a lot of information that was necessary and important, but there was literally nothing that was like, oh my god, this sticks out for whatever reason. Right. One thing I will say, so this is from the light novel, and the only reason why it sticks out at all is just because it's 100% Rudy, and it's, it's a little gross, to be completely honest. But something that happens in the light novel is after the next morning, after Rudy and Sylphie have their intimate moment, Rudy sees the stain on the bed, and he actually cuts out the sheet, puts it in a stone box, and then throws that box into the his shrine alongside with the panties. And I'm just like, that is gross. But that's absolutely Rudy. And like I said, it... He, he doesn't just, do anything weird like sniff it. Or no, he does, he literally does nothing to it. Okay. <laughs> it's just literally like, uh, yep, there's a red stain. And then he they talk about him cutting it out, putting it in a, a stone box, and putting it in his shrine. And I'm like, why? Why does he do this? But of course, you know, I'm a normal person, so it's weird. Yeah. But to Rudy, it's not weird. And I'm just like, yep, that's that's what he did. I I will not say that is my favorite part because it absolutely is not my favorite part, <laughs> but it's the scene that sticks out the most. Uh, that's that's fair because that's that that's very crazy. I I again I want to clarify not my favorite part, <laughs> but it is one of the most memorable points of the light novels that I had read. Okay. One thing I will say, we always talk about it. Did this meet expectation? Well, it, this couldn't have met expectations of season one. Like, there's no way it did. No, there. this didn't meet expectations in the least. I didn't expect any of this to happen <laughs> to begin with. Well, so, let's, let's be honest. Have we ever, have you ever watched an anime where any part of the season talked about ED? Oh my God, not to begin. No, God, no, no. No, nothing. no. So it, it's a very one-off. But as I, it's actually, with that being said, I am kind of happy they did that because they took a chance on something so goddamn different. Yes, and it, yeah, well, for the most part, it worked. I mean, it's it, it was acceptable. Yeah, the, the entire premise of the of core one was for Rudy to get fixed, and the path in which they took was realistic in the sense that you know Rudy finally has sex with somebody after forty plus years of his existence Mm -hmm. only to immediately get walked out on and the letter stated basically sorry bye yep so i couldn't imagine the emotion like the emotional trauma that they showed in the first part of the episode was very good like not saying it's realistic but it's just it was very good you could feel for rudy during the entire part and then you know him having his moment with Soldat where he's drunk and starts not really beating the crap out of Soldat because it didn't really do anything to him, but just punching the crap out of him. Just getting some steam off. Yeah, and that was very heart-wrenching and it was kind of realistic where it's like eventually you know you break down and you lash out and that's what happened and then the end where you know he's finally he thinks he's cured and then it it takes alcohol to actually cure him and it's just the premise of the season was crazy but the way they did it was just i thought it was very good right yeah everything worked out just fine and 
you know, for something so weird, this didn't make me think any less of it. Yep. In fact, I'm still looking forward to what happens next. Mm-hmm. And the way they portrayed everything in Core 1 still leaves me on a high note. Yes. I will say I understand people's gripes about Core 1 only for the fact that season one was so amazing. And then you go down this, I'm going to build everything up. And oh, yeah, um, I'm going to be depressed because I'm limp. Right. So I get it. I understand people's complaints. I thought it was a, a very good season. Right. Yeah, I agree. Not not even close to anime of the year worthy, but still very good. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. There's no way ED can win anime of the year. <laughs> It's just not up to the challenge. <laughs> I, I do agree with you. It's If you love season one, like absolutely love season one, you're going to look past like the slowness of season two. This is going to be one of those where it's like if you watch it in a quick succession, it's good. Unlike when we watched uh, Bleach Core 2, where watching, bin- essentially binge watching it kind of reduced the quality. Binge watching this kind of elevated the quality right because you're able to the story just constantly flowed yeah there was there was a couple peaks and valleys but nothing was so extreme like bleach was like where those peaks were so high and they plateaued high and there was no way to bring it back down to make you appreciate the next battle yeah this one was just constant flow this almost touched on slice of life in a way i can see that only to build on to like the next Shonen burst in Core Two that I'm expecting. I have a feeling. Uh, maybe not a burst. Season three is definitely going to be a burst. I, yeah, two. I feel okay, like so I all of season two is going to be like building, mm-hmm. and then season three is going to be just a punch in your face. Right. So, yeah, this was a very well done season, but it was not, it wasn't like a drop off, like how season two of Shield Hero was, Mm -hmm. but it was definitely a drop off comparatively to what season one was. Agreed. Now, caveat, Core 2 might be just absolutely amazing and completely rebound what Core Core 1 kind of lacked. Maybe. I, I would be surprised. I yes. think I think the tempo that Core 1 had was doing just fine. Yep. I don't expect a drastic difference. Yep. That being said, of course, they can up it up a little bit. Literally. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, our thoughts are concluded. Hopefully everyone enjoyed our conversation. Hopefully everyone enjoyed the light novel uh, part versus the manga part because Matt spent a lot of time really digging into the original source and he had a lot of fun time. A lot of time. We'll, we'll go with that one. <laughs> a lot of time. It's a lot of time to read a light novel. So, yes. yeah, hopefully everyone can appreciate these differences and hopefully it makes us stand out enough. So, please give us a five star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on because that would help us a lot. Also, follow the anime show on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date on everything anime related because they post stuff daily and they got stuff that not every other page has. So, Lots of great information. And if you want some more of our content, follow us on YouTube with our Short Flights series. In our Short Flights, we cover hot new anime that's being released every single week. And we have a great time doing that. And with this being said, we'll catch you guys next time. 